Hey guys, this is Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc, and I know it's been a minute since the last time you and I have spoken, and I want to thank you so much for following the Thrive Bites podcast. And I just want to let you know that there's good reason for that, and let me explain. In almost six months, I've been working tirelessly and diligently to helping people near and far during this tumultuous year that we've had from 2020 into 2021. And I said to myself, what more can I do to inspire and impact others? And you guys know me, I'm all about thriving. I'm all about thriving from a emotional, mental, and physical standpoint. That is the reason why I wrote Thrive Medicine. And that is the reason why I started this podcast called Thrive Bites. And so I decided that I wanted to put together a virtual summit experience, gathering over 50 speakers. That includes physicians, dietitians, fitness experts, coaches, and spanning over five pillars in teaching someone else on learning how to thrive. And I call this the Thrive Formula. The five pillars consist of food as medicine, functional fitness, relationships, community, and resilience. And the reason why I've chosen to do this is because I really wanted to give more tools, more education, and more inspiration. And letting people know that they're not alone and they don't have to be ill-equipped for life and whatever life throws at you, whether it's a curveball, whether it's an obstacle, whether it's a roadblock. And I worked really hard to provide this and I'm happy to announce that it is fully released and it's fully accessible. And you may ask yourself, who is this for and what does it consist of? This is for the individual that prioritizes their health and wellness and also wants to take charge of their own well-being. It's also for the healthcare professional and the healthcare professional student because I wanted to create a summit experience that I wish I could have had when I was in school. The summit experience has over 50 plus hours plus more ranging from culinary demonstrations to fitness demonstrations to scientific medical sessions. And we answer questions like, what is Whole Foods plant-based cooking? How do I start cooking back in my kitchen? What affects my brain, gut, and immune health? What are the tools for my own emotional and mental well-being? How can I be more of service and lead by example? What kind of nutrition do I need to give my children nowadays? To how do I navigate self-doubt, self-sabotage, my inner critic? to what are the best physical movements to increase my mobility, strength, flexibility, and function. And one of my favorites is how do I create more joy, contentment, and happiness in my own life? This summit also works like a masterclass series where you get to learn and further your education. And I do this by providing quizzes with every session and I provide workbooks. And there's also recipes and very, very special speaker bonuses. You'll also have the opportunity to join a private Facebook community to further your growth and connect with like-minded individuals. So if this resonates with you, please join us on this journey to further yourself and take back 2021 and beyond. You can find us at thriveformula.co. That's T-H-E-T-H-R number five, formula.co. And come on inside and I'll see you in there. Cheers. Hey 
Hey guys, this is Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us on the Thrive Bites podcast. This is season four, and we're so excited for you to be here. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Dr. Colin Zhu, double boarded in family and lifestyle medicine, and I interview the best and most passionate health and wellness experts of the industry on this platform. And we talk about plant-powered living, emotional resilience, and creating a thriving mindset. And this season, we're taking it live, we're taking it on multiple platforms, and we're taking it as a Q&A discussion as well as our interviewing of our guests. So we're super stoked about this, and please remember to like and subscribe down below, and we will see you. Welcome to the next episode. Um, so thank you guys for tuning in. Welcome to the Thrive Bites podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much. You can be anywhere in the world and you decided to hop on in and share your time with us. And uh, hopefully we're going to glean and learn something new and see, you know, why our next guest is so awesome. So, um, so the next guest uh, for today is Dr. Madeline uh, Hardacre. I um, hopefully I pronounced that correctly. I forgot to ask her offline, but her bio is is amazing. So she is a physician, board certified in gynecology and lifestyle medicine. She's also a well coaches certified health and wellness coach. Um, in her practice, which is Women's Health Elevated, she is focused on coaching women. Uh, to optimal health and well-being through long-term sustainable lifestyle changes. She understands the challenge of a busy family life. And with a physician husband and three children now in their teens and young adult age, she appreciates the struggle that unfolds when she tries to juggle schedules like everyone else, uh, you know, juggling plates and, <laughs> and family obligations while also prioritizing our health. And she works with clients to develop manageable strategies, regardless of what else is going on in their life. And what I love about her is that she practices what she preaches when it comes to living a healthy lifestyle. And she is a strong advocate for benefits of a plant-based uh, nutrition. She's an avid distance runner and ultra marathoner and plants fuel her for all running adventures through the trails of Tahoe. So Without further ado, say hi to Dr. Madeline. Hey! Hello. <laughs> How's it going? Very good, very good. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you so, so much. Um, you know, I knew that we were having a little bit uh, technical difficulties, but this is, you know, the virtual world that we live in. So, uh, you know, thank you so much for taking the time out, um, out of your busy day schedule, whatever you have going on in your life to spend an you know, a few moments with me and our Thrive Bites audience. So I greatly appreciate it. You are so welcome. I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. <laughs> Number one, did I pronounce your name correctly? Yes, you did. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, so I love it. Um, so the topic of this episode is running ultra marathons while being plant-based. And before we get into that, you know, um, you know, I convey to our audience, you know, your bio and wow, such a, such a beautiful, colorful, you know, uh, array of skill sets, right? You got coaching, 
you got, um, you know, OBGYN, right? You got lifestyle, uh, you got focus on women's health, uh, plant-based nutrition, and, you know, your experience, which I don't know what the percentage is, maybe you know the percentage of this, is, you know, running ultra marathons. And I can't wait to dig into that because that has been in the lifestyle plant-based, you know, uh, you know, news and movement nowadays, um, because I'm so excited because I just got my copy of a uh, plant-based athlete by, uh, you know, Robert, uh, Robert cheek. And, uh, I believe hopefully I pronounced that correctly and Matt Frazier. So plant-based athlete. And, um, you know, I'm so, you know, so thrilled to be able to have, have time with you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so my first question is, is, um, you know, I love to start off by asking, you know, the origin story, right? So, you know, we're busy professionals, healthcare professionals, and, um, I, you know, a majority of the people that I interview have also, you know, these great passionate side gigs, side hustles, co-careers, uh, you know, they're transitioning or they completely switched, right? So, you know, you, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that you started off at, you know, as an OBGYN first, you know, and I don't know how much you are still incorporating that into your current practice, but tell us from, you know, in your own words, from point A to point B, how you got from there through lifestyle, through coaching, through, you know, you know, where you are right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, first, um, I, okay, we're <laughs> trying to get where to start. Um, but yeah, I, you know, in med school, I really, um, it, you know, and it's fun because it's just so all intertwined when I think about it. Um, because I found in med school, my way of managing stress um, became through running. So it was, you know, it was one of those things that was cheap and, you know, inexpensive and easy to do. And, um, and I could do it anywhere. And so there was this, this ease to it. Um, and it could really help me manage stress. I ultimately chose um, OBGYN because I really, um, I love women's health. And um, so I um, practiced initially I had a full practice of obstetrics and gynecology and ultimately found that I really um for a number of reasons um gravitated to the office-based gynecology practice so mm -hmm. I really enjoyed um spending time with my patients and working on their health in a more conservative way versus you know, I think in the world of gynecology, there's more of the gynecologic surgeon. Um, and then there is the gynecologist that is um, looking at more conservative management of things. And I found that I really kind of gravitated to that more um, conservative manage management. And ultimately, um, you know, I love speaking lifestyle. I love nutrition. I loved um, because running had been such a big part of my life, like exercise for as a method of stress management, like just kind of came naturally when I was talking to my patients, like I was always encouraging them to be active for the benefits to their mood or, you know, and all of a sudden a friend of mine, this was about three years ago, she found the American College of Lifestyle Medicine and she reached out to me and she said, you've got to check, like she sent me the link to the website and was like, you've got to check this out. Like, this is you. <laughs> so, 
you know, and honestly, like I think literally that day, like I went on the website and like I didn't come off until I had like signed up for like everything. Oh, <laughs> and know, that was, was and that was three years ago. That was three years ago, and so it was fall. Yeah, fall of two thousand eighteen. Um, you know, it's just like I, you know, signed up for the, you know, the the courses and like, okay, like I, I want to do the board certification and I want to go to conferences. And I, you know, I signed up for, you know, I think my husband thought I was crazy for a moment, <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, I really, um, you know, as I was doing that, I incorporated it into my gynecology practice. Um, but there was still this feeling of, where well, I was kind of struggling because I just didn't like the 15 or 20 minute office visit. Um, I didn't want to be just writing prescriptions. I knew I could help people on a different level. And, and I, um, you know, we, I, I kept talking to my husband about my ideal practice. And finally he was like, why don't you just, why, you know, what are you waiting for? Like, why don't you just do it? Mm. Um, and it was kind of about that time that I also had found that, you know, within the lifestyle medicine training, there is, you know, we, um, get some exposure to well coaches and Margaret Moore's program. And I really liked that. Like I liked kind of the psychology behind behavior change and, mm-hmm. and, and ultimately then took the well coaches um, certification after I did the um, ACLM certification. <laughs> and so really now my practice, I don't do any gynecology. It's all very focused on um, uh, kind of a co- coach, uh, health coaching for um, using the pillars of lifestyle medicine, though. Do you, uh, was that something, you know, based off of that, it doesn't sound like, you know, um, it was that hard to let go. You know, what, do you have any regrets uh, about that transition at all? Oh, my God, look at that face. <laughs> you know what? Like, I think... I feel like for the first time in my life, like I don't want to sound all like she, because I'm not, but, but like for the first time in my life, like I'm practicing like in accordance with my values, like mm. really like practicing the way that I want to practice, like and and helping women in the way I want to help them, and mm-hmm. so it actually like it feels really good. Um, mm-hmm. So I really don't have any, I really don't have any regrets. Like, and I, I see my, my practice growing. It's been 18 months and, and, you know, went through the the COVID thing initially where everything was shut down, but then, you know, it's, that's actually made it flourish probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just really helping, you know, and, and it's funny because with COVID then a lot of people, yeah, kind of reset and they were like, Ooh, I really do need to take care of my health. And, and mm-hmm. how can I be using this time? And, um, it's a big, big wake up call. Absolutely. Big wake up call. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, um, you know, we, we talk about lifestyle medicine a lot and, um, you know, lifestyle medicine, what she's referring to is the American college of lifestyle medicine, which is a academic slash professional organization that got established like 2003 and, um, you know, I've been a part of it personally since when I was a medical resident since 2013, and it's a fantastic group 
Um, it's kind of like one of, you know, those uh, that I don't know what how you got it. It seemed like you got the same feeling I got where you step into the room and you're like, whoa, everyone thinks and, you know, is passionate, you know, and loves all this stuff the way I do. Like you feel kind of nerdy, you know what I'm saying? But you are like, oh, I'm with, with good company because everyone, everyone is geeking out about this stuff. right? Yeah, and it, like it has this like family feel that I like I don't get in other like organizational conferences. It's as cold and sterile as the patient room <laughs> or the operating room. Right, and you go to the to any of the lifestyle medicine conferences. Yeah, and it's and what amazes me is, and I just think it's so beautiful, is just all the different specialties represented. So you know, it's not just primary care. It's not just cardiology. You know, I mean, it's like. Oh, I mean, that was yeah. probably one of the things that shocked me. I was like, wow, there's like, you know, orthopedic surgeons who care about lifestyle. And there's like. <laughs> right. Because it's ingrained in literally everything. So, you know, um, I talk about this on other people's podcasts, but, you know, my frustration started in medical school and, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's like, um, it's the common common risk factor or the common denominator in everything, you know, chronic lifestyle related, you know, issues, right? It touches everything. So it's not surprising that these subspecialties that you wouldn't think would come to an academic college like that, you know, but they do, you know what I'm saying? Because they realize that, you know what, you're Mr. Smith, you're osteoarthritis. Let's just take orthopedics, right? You're osteoarthritis. If you were to lose like maybe 100 plus pounds, you know, you probably wouldn't have gotten it at the age of 56. You know, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, um, but yeah, so that's that's awesome. Um, so an, another thing, uh, you probably get this too, because you said that it you get to practice what you preach. It resonates with your values, right? So Get, go go down the line of um, how long ago did you start running and how long ago did you do plant-based? Mm -hmm. So um, I, so I started running in, like I grew up in like a, I played tennis and I, you know, I swam competitively and things like that. But then, um, so I've always been kind of active. Um, but then in med school, that's when I found where I really kind of latched on to running um, just because I was like, okay, I need something that's inexpensive because I had no money. Like I was like, I need to be able to do it just wherever I am. I need something like simple that fits with my med student life. Um, and our building had this really tiny gym that had two treadmills in it. And so I was like, I could go there at lunch and knock out three miles. So I was like, so I started using it then kind of as just a way to manage stress. And then you know, I kind of carried on through residency, just like the three mile run. And then mm -hmm. when I got out of residency and yeah, and my running and my plant-based uh, adventure kind of adventure kind of like are intertwined. And I came out of residency, I started running like, well, my stress level went way, way up um, <laughs> when I was like a new attending. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Not surprised that not surprising at all, right? <laughs> so it was like I it was like, okay, like my stress is higher. Um my workout isn't really getting better. Like I need more like a, 
I need to manage this stress even more. Um, I continued to run. I like there was a one mile lap around the hospital. So like even if I was on call and had people in labor, I could do that one mile lap and always be like in very close proximity to labor and delivery. So <laughs> like, you could just literally run back in the right, room or the operating room. <laughs> right. um, you know, I throw scrubs on over my running clothes and then voila. Um, and so I, um, so it was, you know, oh, I don't know. Um, I guess my first marathon distance was 16 years ago. Um, you know, so I just kind of kept running more and more and, and started taking on, you know, half marathons and then then full marathons. Mm-hmm. And about 10 years ago, I started training for my first ultra marathon. Which and, is for the audience is what, so I mean, what's the distance? So distances beyond a marathon. And so a marathon is 26.2 miles. So anything above and beyond that is considered an ultra. Many times they're on trails. So, you know, you're many times you're taking it off the road and going onto trails. But um, so I had signed up for a 50K near where I lived. So that's 31 miles. And I started training and I started experiencing this thigh pain, like middle of my thighs. Um, one leg was significantly worse than the other, but anyway, ultimately I was diagnosed with bilateral mid femoral stress fractures. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> from running, uh, from running, I presume. Running. And that, the, the look on your face is, is basically what my ortho, the orthopedic surgeon said too. Like he was like, I, I've never seen this before. Like, I, I, I don't really like, he was like, normally, like if you had one, I would tell you no weight bearing on that leg, but literally both of your femurs have stress fractures, like in the mid femoral shaft. Mm. Um, and so that put my running like on a halt. Um, obviously I wasn't going to be training for the 50 K that I had signed up for. And this is where then it intertwines with my plant-based <laughs> And that, that, that happened. So just to have uh, that happened before you went plant-based. Yes. Okay. That was before I went plant-based. So that day, literally, like I left and I went to, because I was like, of course, in my head, I was like, how am I going to handle this? Like, I, I have to, like, the, I have to fix this problem. And there was this conversation with the orthopedic surgeon about my bone density. Like, he was like, well, you're, you're 40, you know, early 40s. Like, your, your bone density should be okay, but this makes me wonder. And, like, and so I was kind of in this panic. I went to, like, the Barnes & Noble near my house and just was like, I want to find something on bone health and nutrition. Like, and I knew nothing about plant-based eating at all. And the book I walked out with was the China study. Mm. And chapter 10 of the China study is like bone, brain, and kidney disease, I think are the three that are locked together in chapter 10. But anyway, like there were like two pages on the role of animal protein with bone density and literally like that book and that like picking that book like who knows I could have picked up like some I mean it's just kind of crazy that like that's the book I walked out with and read 
And um, so it's a good book to start off on. (laughs) (laughs) So because it was like, it gave me all the science, which I I, like, I loved. Um, And so that started the journey. It wasn't like perfect for a while. Like there were lots of kind of like we started head, like I went all in first, but then it's like, I kind of went like all in and then. I was living in Alabama at the time and nothing against Alabama, but like 10 years ago in Alabama, like eating a, a, a plant-based diet was like unheard of, um, right. you know, cause they're like, you're, you know, you're smoking your barbecue and you're, you're smoking your, your tri-tip every evening. And stuff. Yeah. So, you know, so I, um, you know, so I always explain to people, like I, even my journey wasn't, it wasn't smooth initially, but ultimately like the past, I don't know, three and a half years or so been um, very devoted to plant-based eating. So when you, so, you know, it's a windy road, right? And, uh, you know, it's actually very similar, except I didn't have stress fractures. (laughs) Uh, You know, when I did my first marathon, uh, was right before I went plant-based and, um, you know, for, you know, other people that probably already heard, um, I was training, had a lot of joint pain, bloating issues. I've already read a lot of the research already. And, um, and then, um, I did it mostly for recovery and, you know, performance. And after I finished the race, I went full on into it and, um, you know, I recovered a lot faster. Uh, the joint pain went away and the bloating issues went away. So, you know, very, very similar parallels. And, yeah. um, you know, I've heard very similar stories, you know, from other people's transitions. So, um, so when you got fully immersed into it, did your stress fracture, I mean, have they, were they healed? No, they, uh, you know, they heal. I, they, you know, they took me away from running for uh, like four months or so. And ultimately they, they healed. I, at that point, like, I said, really changed my diet and incorporated strength training into my routine, which I was doing none of prior to that. And so Mm -hmm. since that point, um, you know, plant-based diet and strength training have, have been, you know, an very important part of my world. Um, And then maybe about 18 months ago or so, it's like I continue to do marathons but like, I really, in the back of my head kept, like, I wanted to do more. Like, I always felt like I could go further than that. And oh, so, wow. So like, I never felt like I had pushed my limit with distance. Yeah. But in the back of my mind, I had this belief, like, okay, well, but my body doesn't handle that. Like, and I mm. would, you know, I would always go back to those stress factors. Okay, well, when I increase my mileage beyond this point, you know, like, I got, you know, I, I had it in my head that if I went more than 40 miles per week, that I wasn't going to handle it. And all of a sudden, like, I started questioning that because I'm like, I am strength training and I, my nutrition is like on point. Like, why mm-hmm. can't I go further than that? Like, right. And so kind of started playing around with those longer distances and more mileage. And I was kind of like, let me just start increasing my mileage and see what happens. And Colin, like, I can't tell you, like, I feel fantastic. (laughs) You feel like after you like ran, you're like, did I just run? Or like, I I can still. Like, I I used to do like 
20 mile run and it would just wipe me out. And like, I, I can do that and I can run the next day. I don't yeah. like not. Anyway. You and don't I, have to like, you don't hard. have to sit like in a tub of like Epsom salt <laughs> or you don't have to like, well, you probably do here and there, you know, but so, so what I'm getting at is that the, is it the main reason why you transitioned from marathon to ultra marathon is because you felt like it just wasn't enough distance for you. You felt like you could have kept going. Mm-hmm. Like I like that feeling of feeling like you're pushing your, you're pushing a boundary in some way, like pushing mm. like that. Comfort. You know that you know, I mean, I'm sure if you run marathons, you get, you get that, like that there's that zone where you're, you're kind of really reaching outside of, of your comfort zone and you're, and, and I like that feeling. And, and with marathons, like I had reached a point where I felt like I had hit, like I had reached my boundaries with speed. Like I, like I knew I was like, I'm probably not ever going to go faster, <laughs> but I definitely feel like I could go further. And so like, what wow. that look like? And right. So. so have you not, so have you not done a race being, uh, being not plant-based? So pretty much most of your running career, um, has pretty much majority have been plant-based, correct? Yeah. Like, well, there was that kind of period of time where it was kind of off. Well, I was plant predominant, I would say. Like right. I had some, um, like there was a, there was a family farm near us that had chickens. And so I would eat their eggs and chicken sometimes. So, so, you know, there was that period of time, but then, you know, the past several years, it's been a place. So it wasn't overnight. It was like a transition pretty much. Yeah. And I just realized like how good I felt like in my, and then on the flip side, my husband's an oncologist, he's a radiation oncologist. And so he really teaches a a very plant predominant approach to eating with his oncology patients. He has a lifestyle medicine training yet has done all of the reading, like everything I bring I got to get him on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he loves it. He would love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because that's that's amazing because, um, you know, I think popularly, um, you know, in the fitness world, it's more associated with, you know, meat, protein, where am I going to get this from with like strength training, right? But in the cardiovascular world, in the endurance world, in the long distance world, you know, you're thinking about, you know, how do these people last, right? Like, how do these people last? Uh, I guess one of the famous ones are, you know, Scott Jurek, right, um, uh, in that documentary. And he said that exact same thing. He was like, how am I going to last if I'm just eating solely on plants? Um, I, you know, definitely want to ask, um, you know, this question of like, what do you eat, you know, in a typical day? You know what I'm saying? Do you have like consistent meals or like what's a typical day, you know, when you're, you know, when you're training and, you know, what are you averaging in terms of mileage, you know, when you're not, you know, competing for a race, uh, for, for example. So like if I'm, if just kind of like on a normal week, I would say like 30 to 40 miles a week, but then like I did a, I did a 50 mile race at the end of May. And so I went up to my Highest was I hit 70 miles in one week and then mm. we down. But as far as what I eat, you know, I keep it really simple. Um, 
simple uh, as Yeah, like <laughs> it's, um, you know, I have like my things that I just like typically do for breakfast. So like oats, walnuts, berries, like, like every, like if I, if I, if I vary it all, okay, I might have muesli instead. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, like, really um, consistent. I eat a can of chickpeas every day for lunch. Okay. And I Just, just like, a can? Like, nothing else in it? Or just a can? No, I'll vary, I'll vary it, like, a little, like... <laughs> I can imagine you just, like, you know, screwing the top, you know, it's open, and it's, like, kind of like Popeye, I, just, what? you know, without spinach, it's just chickpeas. <laughs> this is how I think about because I'm like okay that's like a, that's great fiber great protein right there in that can and so like some days I'll roast them some days I'll you know put them with some spices in the, in a sauce pot some days I'll you know I mean I just sometimes I'll do like a chickpea salad with them but I'll I'll get that can in kind of midday and then for dinner it's like veggie like I mean it's always just like when I go to the produce section of the grocery store I just buy a bunch of produce and then I I don't really follow recipes that often occasionally I do but usually it's just like okay like I'm going to use Thai seasoning you know Thai flavors tonight or I'm going to use Mexican flavors tonight or I'm going to use you know so I just vary the the seasoning and I don't know it all just kind of works and it doesn't feel difficult and does your does your husband cook too? Like, does he mind like what you serve? Like, no, not at all. He, I mean, <laughs> he's come a long way because he's kind of <laughs> like when we met. Like, we've been married twenty five years, and when we married, like, he did not like want anything green or anything red or anything like with any no colors. <laughs> we were kind. Of, I mean, we both grew up in Indiana, so it's kind of like meat and potatoes, you know, or what right. what you have for dinner. Um, but he, I mean, he's all in. I mean, in fact, yeah. I mean, I, that's awesome. He really um, just, he just really like just trans. Like there was never an argument or a discussion about like we kind of just made the decision and jointly did it. So that's awesome. And that's what I love about, you know, couples that support one another, you know, like you're, you're a physician as well. And you counsel lifestyle, just imagine, and you probably get this too, is like something as simple as quitting smoking, right? They're so gung ho, you know, they're just really amped up. And then they go back to an environment where, you know, they're not really, you know, supported, you know what I'm saying? So it's nice to have that, you know, significant other that supports you in your own wellness journey. So that, so that's great. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do is that we're going to take a quick commercial break. Okay. And sure. then we're going to come back for the question and answer section. For those that are okay. watching, please line up your questions and comments. We will, you know, read them off, you know, live and, uh, you know, dwell, you know, deeper into Dr. Madeline's journey. So we'll be right back. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc, and thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to my podcast. On my podcast, we talk about eating and cooking and living from a whole foods, plant-based approach. 
And between my patients, clients, and my audience listeners, I get a lot of questions of, hey doc, how do I get started on how to set up a kitchen? Or what should I buy? What should I make? Is there something beyond a salad, broccoli, and a smoothie? I know in our fast-paced life and during a pandemic, it is much more challenging to be able to teach yourself and learning how to cook. And so I partner up with Listenable, who is a leader in audio educational courses that are bite-sized. And I went ahead and created a course on how to get started on a whole foods plant-based lifestyle. And in this course, I put in my best tips, tools, and tricks on everything that I've learned on how to get someone started to eating more plants, getting healthier for you and your family. I talk about how to set up your kitchen from the pantry to the fridge, to the freezer, to how to navigate the supermarket, to what kind of utensils and appliances one needs to have, to what do we need to make, how to meal prep, what kind of cooking techniques there are, and what exactly is whole foods plant-based. And I'm able to make this course over 10 lessons. Each of those lessons are less than 10 minutes long, and you'll be able to finish this in an hour. You could even do it while commuting, exercising, or even walking your dog. And in addition, you can choose from over 3,000 plus original audio lessons created by well-loved experts. Just use the coupon code ColinZhu, C-O-L-I-N-Z-H-U, on Listenable.io, and you'll be able to get 30% off a year of Listenable. So definitely check that out in the show notes, and check out the course on how to get started on a whole foods plant-based lifestyle. And I'll see you there. Thanks for listening, and now back to Thrivebytes. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. All right. So uh, what I love, you're able to hear me okay? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Um, So let's uh, shift gears a little bit and talk about the coaching, right? So Mm -hmm. you have your own practice. You have a coaching practice. Uh, for those that are not familiar, take us through um, and, and a couple, you know, maybe some definitions. Like, how is it different than, you know, traditionally and how we were taught mm-hmm. from a doctor-patient type of relationship, type of counseling session, mm-hmm. versus, you know, coaching. And this could, I guess, maybe be like an umbrella term for like life coaching, health coaching. Mm-hmm. Like, how would you how would you make those uh, distinctive for us? Yeah, um, actually, that is a great question. Um, and I think it really gets kind of to the root of what I love about it. Um, I view traditional medicine as like if I have on my medical hat, then it's me kind of maybe explaining a disease process or something to a patient and saying, okay, this is what you need to do about it. And I and I kind of feel like it's kind of very focused on like my agenda of what they should do. And with coaching, you know, I always start off with really exploring very deeply with um, the women that I work with like what they're looking for, for their health and their well-being, like in really exploring their vision of what that means to them. Um, And then 
identifying paths to get there, but it's very much working on what, you know, exploring those values that they have. Like, and, and I guess for a long time, like I kind of always assumed, like I, there were some, some things that I assumed that I shouldn't have when I practiced medicine. Like I always kind of assumed that like what I thought was important was like going to be important <laughs> to the patient or that, you know, I assumed that like, okay, everybody wants this like long, healthy, very active life. Um, and, um, you know, when you start talking to people and looking at and helping them identify like what is important to them and what like developing that really like a lot of clarity around that um, and getting into the why it's important because like when we start thinking about behavior change, I think our behaviors are driven by our emotions. And when we start really, first of all, looking at what we want and then exploring why we want it, like, why do we want this healthier life? Like, like and getting down to like the really deep reasons why, yeah. then that elicits a lot of emotion. Like, and, and people start going, okay, like, yeah, this is this is why I want it. And then they feel that that emotion starts helping them drive those behavior changes and and and, and uh, helping them change different actions in their lives. And so that's where that's where I feel like coaching's different is because we're getting mm-hmm. into that part of their life. And the other important thing is instead of me just telling people, okay, like this is what you should eat. Um, then it's looking at, okay, well, we have your vision of what you want your health to look like. We have some ideas of what that eating would look like, but how can this fit into your life, like your current life, which has been this whole other like thing to explore because we all have, like some of us have really complicated lives. And some of my my patients are like caregivers to elderly parents and have no time for themselves. And like, so helping them find ways to, to improve their lifestyle that work in their current situation. Right. Right. And all of that, you know, is very, to me, they're very different, you know, because, um, you know, I've done health coaching on the side as well. And, it involves, you know, very three different, you know, aspects. Like one, it allows us to listen more, right? Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, two, you have more time with them, right? right, right. And um, it's huge. I, a lot of people, you know, you probably, I think people who are patients, right? In a doctor-patient relationship would probably, you know, see this, but it is very physician, you know, driven in terms of the actual session versus, you know, in a coaching a coach in my eyes is really an advocate, you know, for that client. You know, we call them clients. And um, it's kind of like, you know, we're your cheerleaders, you know what I'm saying? And whatever you have in mind, which is your goal, you said it beautifully, is your health goals, your wellness goals, you know, we will help you, you know, make it happen to the best of our ability. And we're working together. And I would say the fourth biggest difference um, in my eyes is that it's a very two-way street. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's just, that's because, you know, in a coaching practice, we're able to create our own infrastructure. Whereas a doctor, you know, patient relationship, unfortunately, 
we're very, um, you know, we just kind of succumb to corporate healthcare where everything needs to be very parameter based, volume based, uh, metric based, you know, everything is just numbers and statistics, including how much time you have with them. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't really leave us much wiggle room right. to be able to help someone, right? Right, right, right. It doesn't. And that's, I think, I mean, that's really kind of the, the heart of why I just really feel very comfortable with leaving my traditional medicine practice mm. and doing what I'm doing is because I, I really do like that time with people. I like, and I like having that time and letting them, as you said, like listening as they explore their own, like working on their kind of working off of their own agenda and the, the, the goals and the values and the things that are important to them versus, you know, me. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of times, you know, a patient, you know, because I do the same, I apply the same principles, you know, in a doctor patient relationship, you know, I'm like, Hey, Mr. Smith, you know, what are your wellness goals? You know, what do you want to accomplish with your health? You know? Mm-hmm. And they're very, they're, the reactions are very similar. They're just very perplexed on, you know, why I would ask them what they want, right? <laughs> it's, it's like, wait a simple. second, wait, wait, it's like, wait a second, you want to know what I want? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so it's, um, so it, it's shifting, it's a, it's a little bit of shift of dynamics. And I think coaching, you know, whether you are a physician coach, whether you are a health coach, life coach, I just think that wherever you can see one, wherever you can hire one, wherever you can just apply it, um, you know, as much as you can. So, you know, so I thank you for when, you know, what you do. So your, your main demographics or your population, who do you mainly serve or who do you mainly like come through your virtual door? You know, I think because, um, probably a little combination of my age, um, which I'm 51, and my experience of being spending 20 years as a gynecologist, um, I do feel like I, probably 90% of the women I see are in the like 40s, are in their 40s and 50s. Um, And it, it's funny, like a lot of times it's, they kind of come in with a weight loss goal or a, I guess I would say there's kind of two, two different types of, of women. One is somebody who is kind of all of a sudden hit their fifties and like all of a sudden, like they've always been very health conscious. They've, they've done everything they thought they were supposed to do and they hit menopause and all of a sudden it's like their world is turned upside down. Like, Mm. (laughs) you know, and so, so they aren't like terribly unhealthy or anything, but it's just all of their tools that they've used previously all of a sudden aren't working. And so they're, you know, just trying to sort out, um, sort that out. And then, then there's also those women that just kind of maybe have always take like their priority has been on raising their family and their career and everything else and haven't really had themselves and their health as a priority. And now it's catching up with them a bit, you know, mm. so they're getting like the diagnosis of, you know, they're, they're pre-diabetic or they have hypertension or they, you know, um, 
catching up and you know lack of self-care and prioritizing right, right. prioritizing so oneself. They're like, I have to prioritize myself now. I'm like, <laughs> what do I, and I don't even know where to start. Like I don't know how to do this. And so <laughs> so that's kind of the other population I work with a lot. So. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, that leaves a lot of room in that type of dynamic to be able to help with that. Right. You have the infrastructure. It's your own practice. You have more time. Um, and, you know, you've, you know, been through the gamut in terms of, you know, the medical part, part of it. And now it's just really, you know, using your own personal experiences and that professional experience and, and you're, you know, a great, you know, uh, shoe in to be able to help the population that you're serving. So definitely that that's awesome. Um, my next question is, you know, for someone that's, you know, a marathoner and ultra marathoner, you know, people that are watching, you know, I think it was like episode three. Um, we had two female physicians. One of them was a running coach. And uh, uh, I actually listened to that during one of my runs. Um, Michelle, I Michelle Quirk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You should definitely reach out to her. She, she's a, she's, a, she's a, she's a gem. So, um, my, um, uh, hi Michelle. <laughs> my, uh, my thing, my, my question is for you is that how do you stay motivated, you know, during your trainings, right? So you, we speak a lot about getting started, you know, and, you know, beginning and, you know, what is the best things to start, right? But for those that are, you know, probably have had some experience, you know, uh, you know, in their belt, right? Um, how do you stay motivated? What are some like, you know, just more essential tools that you've gathered over the t over years, you know, that, you know, to keep you going in that fashion? Besides, I feel great. <laughs> I can keep going. <laughs> It's almost like you had a you and you ingested a uh, energizer bag. <laughs> you know, I think I mean first of all, recognizing you know, and I talk I, I talk to my clients about this all the time, but um, recognizing like the motivation won't always be there. Like so, so there like accepting the fact that sometimes you're going to do something that feels exceptionally hard because you have no motivation and you're just going to do it anyway. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so recognizing that aspect of it, like not expecting, because some people say, well, I would do it. Like I would exercise more, but I'm so unmotivated. Like, like I'm waiting to be motivated. Like they're looking for that motivation and okay. Sometimes, sometimes we just do it even when we're not motivated. Like sometimes you start doing it and then you get motivated. So, mm. so, you know, recognizing that, um, I also think like just goals are so, so powerful. Like mm. having a big goal. Like, so I, with my running, like what keeps me, sorry, my printer is going off. <laughs> 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 um, but with running, like I found like I am much more consistent when I have, like I know what I'm working on and I have that big goal and then I set weekly goals and I found what works for me best is to do it by minutes like how many minutes I'm going to be out there running and that allows me flexibility to like okay well I might go super slow today but I'm still going to mm. do it um and you know be out there for 60 minutes or whatever it is mm. um the other um Sorry, my daughter's now in here. Your dog? <laughs> my daughter. Apparently, she oh, was your daughter. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, 
but also, you know, finding, um, finding other people to inspire you, like finding your people, I think also helps with that motivation. Like if you're trying to work on say, say you want to, you know, increase your running or something, just finding other people to do it with other people that have similar goals, you know, or listening to people that are inspiring that help you get, you know, so I do a lot of that. Um, so it sounds like accountability partner and then maybe listening to um, an inspiring like podcast. Mm-hmm. And I just think there's such, I, I don't have like a big running group here where I live now, but in the past I've had that aspect where I had like a group of women that I ran with. And I just think that's incredibly powerful because like, yeah, that accountability. And also right. like, there's just that, like we're just more courageous and more willing to like push ourselves a little bit more when we're in that group setting and have the support of other people doing it too. Right, right, right. Nice. Um, I would say, you know, we're going to close out here. Um, A lot of what we're talking about, you know, really is the center point of behavior changes, right? You know, you start out with lifestyle medicine. um, You've been practicing that you've been teaching and preaching that you have a coaching practice what would you say would be like your top three like takeaways um, or tips or anything, or just, you know, points, you know, that you've, you've gleaned and learned about behavior change over, over this uh, uh, period of time and study for yourself? Um, You know, I, I think it goes back to when I was talking about like working with clients on that, vision of their health and I think for behavior change so frequently like when I first meet with people what they want is very vague in their minds Mm. they don't really they haven't really sat down and talked through like exactly what they want and exactly what it looks like and and developed that clarity around it and there's a there's a coach who, who Marie Forleo, she says wishy-washy goals get wishy-washy results. And so I use that term all the time because I'm like, we need to like clearly know when we give our brain that clear vision of what we want, then we're just more apt to like make the decisions on a daily basis to make it happen. But when it's really vague in our minds, then we do like, yeah. it's really easy to not to make the best decisions when we don't really know what we're looking for. So, um, you know, I think that's a big one. The other thing that I work with my clients a lot on, um, and I think is just really important is um, not expecting perfection. Mm. And when the goal is developing really sustainable, long-term lifestyle changes, like, shooting for perfection is, is not going to get you there. Um, but if you look at, okay, well, kind of what, what does the A minus B plus work look like? Um, I, I, I have, I have a client who shows up like every month to this, um, uh, monthly, uh, chat that I do. And, she always says she's she's the B plus plant based eater, and so she's like, she's, <laughs> wow! I didn't know there was a grading system. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. <laughs> I gotta 
but just not expecting like absolute perfection and um, which makes it because it's like, well, what would you try to do if you knew it didn't have to be perfect? And Mm. all of a sudden people start really opening up to like their minds to a lot of a lot of different changes they would be willing to make if they could do it in a like without feeling like perfection was had to be part of it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think to your first point, um, there's something that we learn in coaching is, you know, writing out, you know, your SMART goals, right? And SMART is an acronym for um, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time sensitive. I believe I got that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and the thing is, is that you have to break it down. And I think that's wonderful how you uh, uh, have that because sometimes we dream up of these lavish goals, right? And then that turns into an expectation and we're seeking perfection and it's too high. You know, it's like, it's like Mount Everest when what you're advocating is it's not that Mount Everest is impossible. And over time we've, you know, proven this to be true that we can conquer it, but it's more about, you know, how do we do the little hills, you know, um, leading up up to that, right? right? And it's more important to do the hills and uh, conquering those than ju- just achieving Mount Everest overnight. But and, and then it's like, it's impossible to, to meet those little, or to accomplish those little hills when we don't know like the direction we yes. want to go. So it's like combining those two of the little baby steps, but knowing the direction you want those little baby steps to take you. And so. Right, right, right. Yeah. For, for those that know me, I always talk about, you know, the 1%, you know, I yeah. just want you to do 1% better than where you were. Yesterday. Right, right, right. And, <laughs> Whether and, and it's deep, be better, do better, you know, so. It's so hard for people to like wrap their, their head around sometimes. Yeah. As, as yeah. They, they well, have to go. They're looking for like really big, sexy goals. And it's, it's like, no, like just little things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, 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 and I think another point, and I think you would agree with me is really like separating, you know, what are your goals versus what, other people's goals that you think are your goals, right? Like whether society, and that includes TV, magazines, social media nowadays, um, and maybe family and friends. Maybe you are more attached to what other people have of you. And then over time, you just realize, hmm, that's not really what I've wanted all along. Right. Well, and like recently I saw a client, she came to me for weight loss. And then when we really started talking about why she wanted to lose weight, she wanted to lose weight to feel better about herself, Mm. you know? And so then we're like, so that was ultimately what she really wanted was she really wanted to feel better about herself, not, you know, she didn't have that much weight to lose. So, So we can you know, I can help you feel better about yourself without you losing a pound. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. 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 And it took Um, asking those questions, you know, know. right. And, and what's beautiful about a coaching practice is because you have the time to do that. There's, it's almost near impossible to do this in a doctor's visit. You know what I'm saying? So, um, Dr. Madeline, thank you so much. Um, You're so welcome. yeah, I I want to you know any closing remarks and where to where can people find you if they are interested in your services? Oh yes, um, 
um, Women's Health Elevated, and uh, my website's womenshealthelevated.com. Um, I am on Instagram as Women's Health Elevated and Facebook, Women's Health Elevated. And um, yeah, so you can find me on any of those platforms. <laughs> nice. Definitely check her out, you know, there soon. And do you have an upcoming race coming down the pike? I do. I I have a big goal for 2022 because I would like to, I have a particular 100 miler that I would like to. Would and that, like. and that you haven't done a hundred miler yet. I've not done a hundred miles. Oh man. Oh <laughs> man. <laughs> so well, there'll be can't. some things to lead up to that, but that's kind of the 2022 goal. So. <laughs> well, we can't wait to, you know, see you and hear about it, you know, at the finish line. So Dr. Madeline, Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show with us. Thank um, so and thank you. And thank you so much for spending the time and doing what you do, um, you know, currently, um, you know, because you just, you just ooze so much passion from yourself. And, you know, I'm sure people greatly appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much uh, watching this episode and please uh, follow us and uh, subscribe to the channel and, you know, let someone else know. And if you gain benefit from it, please, I'm sure someone else would like to gain benefit as well. So uh, we will see you next week and uh, please say goodbye to Dr. Madeline. <laughs> goodbye. Bye-bye. Hey guys, that was another episode of Thrybytes. If you liked that episode, please subscribe and follow weekly for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.